This is Heart Rhythm TV. I'm Janet Hahn, back again, HRX 2022, day three. So I'm so lucky to have my friend Jeremiah Wasseloff from Rush University here with me today. He is an abstract presenter today at our inaugural conference. So welcome to the show and welcome to the conference. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're presenting today? So this is a topic, uh, an uh, abstract looking at the accuracy of the Apple Watch irregular rhythm notification ah, yes. for uh, assessment of AF uh, as compared to implanted cardiac devices. Okay, so, so this guy right here. Uh, we always are very curious about PPG. So PPG has come up a lot during the conference and you know sometimes people have said, ah, PPG, it's filled with inaccuracies all the time because of patient movement and the way the watch fits and et cetera, et cetera. So dive in a little bit about what your abstract, you know, what was the sort of um, goal of the abstract and sort of what you found. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting space because the irregular rhythm notification feature is cleared by the FDA and has data to support its use in a screening setting, but increasingly these devices are being used for AF management, and uh, we really don't understand how they operate in a population of people with known atrial fibrillation. Right. Okay. So then what did you guys find and what did you do? So we fitted uh, patients who had known histories of atrial fibrillation with an Apple Watch Series 5 or Series 6, and uh, we compared the detection of atrial fibrillation against insertable cardiac monitors and pacemakers and defibrillators. And we looked at both a primary endpoint of accuracy on a per-patient level, so identification of patients who have any AFib lasting more than one hour, and also an analysis on an episode level, so accuracy for uh, detection of individual episodes of atrial fibrillation. Okay, and so I know that um, Apple, reading their sort of FDA 510 clearance, said they do say that with like their newest iteration of the irregular rhythm notification with their new AI algorithms, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that their sensitivity and specificity far exceed 90% for both. And so what did you guys find? Right, so uh, what we found was that we uh, had, in a population of 30 patients okay. across multiple centers, uh, there was a total of 70 episodes of atrial fibrillation, mm -hmm. of which 35 occurred while the watches were being worn. Okay. So we, we limited the analysis to the episodes occurring while the watches were worn. And 11 patients experienced atrial fibrillation, of whom 8 were detected by the irregular rhythm notification. And there was uh, no false positives on a per patient level. Wow. Okay. For episode detection, mm -hmm. uh, there was a total of uh, 35 episodes, mm -hmm. of which uh, 21 were detected by the Apple Watch, and there was one false positive. Okay. So, you know, as you sort of put this together, we're talking about a sensitivity on a per patient level of 73 percent, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, on a per patient, I'm sorry, on a per patient level of about 73 percent, and in the 60s by episode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really seems that these devices and the irregular rhythm notification feature, you know, have data to support their use in a screening population. Mm -hmm. But for, you know, AF management and uh, for making decisions about rhythm control, although there's a low rate of false positives, higher sensitivity really might be needed uh, for the right type of patient. Yeah, I think your study has seems to be pretty on par with other studies that I've read in that sort of 60 to 70% sensitivity and specificity. So I think that probably as the devices get better and as the algorithms get better, we probably will get there is, right. is my thought. Um, so I think, you know, as far as you know, screening and stuff. What what do you think? You know, from your study now, do you would you sort of recommend this device to be slapped on a patient's wrist or, or recommend it to a patient to be used? 
Well, you know, I think what is so exciting about this space is about how things how things are changing. Yep. So, you know, uh, the devices, remember, are only uh, assessing patients when they're at rest. Mm -hmm. So if we can find a way to capture the data while patients are active, if the, you know, battery longevity can improve, if the patients can have more continuous wear time, if we can get assessments of AF burden, which, uh, you know, will now be available with upcoming features on the uh, Apple Watch operating system, you know, I think that there's a lot of progress that can still be made. Yeah, absolutely. I think the AFib burden is definitely key. I, I hear that that's coming out this month, actually. So nice preview for Atrox 2022. Um, so AFib burden is, is probably the key in general to AFib, you know, in as, as a whole, right, for treatment of patients. So uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, thanks for having and me. And have a great time at the rest of the conference. And, and we'll see you back at Atrox 2022 live from the floor.